What's up, gang? This is Food Network star and culinary master of the Marvel Universe, Justin Warner, and you are listening to the podcast that's everything you ever wanted but never asked for. You know it. PSVG Prime. Now that that's out of the way, and where we dropping, boys? Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of PSVG Prime, the flagship show of the Place and Video Games Podcast Network, and the only gaming podcast very similar to your social media feeds, full of fake news, disappointing, gets you angry, you stop following it, but then five minutes later, you're right back again, and you don't know why. It is I, your host, Kevin, and with me is the Reddit to my Twitter feed. Mr. Lucas Rose. You know, you just described my relationship to food, basically. Especially food that I shouldn't be eating, like a whole cake. I hate it. I'm angry at it. I quit it after five minutes, but then I come right back. That makes sense. You should save the food analogies, though. You're right. I I should. For, for next there's, week. There's also that, yes. <laughs> Do people know about that, or is that a secret? No, we well, well let's, let's save it at the end. Let's tease it. Okay. We have an announcement at the end of the show. If I remember, don't just end the show without it. But, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. I'll put a note in the notes to remember. But how are you doing this hot, muggy, horrible week? I don't know. How, I don't know how it is where you are. But the last two days, we were in the 90s up here. Um, and then super high humidity. Mm. It's just not cooling off at all. It's 9 o'clock at night right now. And it is... Uh, 89 degrees right now still, Yikes. and it's still high humidity. We're supposed to get some thunder showers tomorrow, so maybe it will get better. But it's just been miserable, just bad sleeping weather. I have like the AC in the living room running all day, which is making me angry because yep. my bill is going to be a, a gazillion dollars. But my wife is upstairs, you know, babysitting, so it's got to be cool up there. But I'm in the basement in my lair working all day with a box fan next to me, you know, barely oh. doing anything. So. Yes, that's terrible. Um, it hasn't been, it's been uh, that hot during the day uh, for the last few weeks, but lately it's kind of cooled down since the rain came through. We had a lot of rain yesterday and uh, it seems to have cooled it off a little bit, but that humidity, man, it's still kind of sticking around. We went out the last few days and even so, even with it being like 75, 80 degrees, depending on what time you go outside, yeah. uh, it it still feels like a, just a wall of wet, basically. You like literally walk into a film of moisture and it's just like, why? Why am I even going outside at this point? This is horrible. Like, why do I why do I shower if I'm going to go outside? Because I'm just going to get disgusting as soon as I walk out. That so it's not, a, it's not a good look. It's not a good feeling. No. And I like I don't even want to cook when it's like this because the kitchen yeah. gets way too hot. And then it's so humid outside that I'm like, I don't even want to grill because yeah. it's going to be God awful standing in the sun with that. Like if I just take the trash out, I'm sweating just going from like the side of the house to where the trash cans are. It's like. Ugh. Just go. It can't. It might not actually be able to get worse, but I'm sure there'll be some way. Like, the, bees, the bees will come back in full force or something. Wasn't that the thing like murder hornets or murder something? Murder hornets, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're only biding their time, right? 
I, I would imagine, yeah. They're going to wait until it's a little cooler. They don't like the humidity either. That's what it is. So. <laughs> like, oh, can't murder with all this humidity. It's too hot. I try and oh, sting them and they just slide right off them because they're all wet. <laughs> sweaty. A lot of wet um, around. Speaking of things that get us hot and sweaty, Lucas, we should talk about some of the games we played this week. Let's do it. So, um, I'll go first this time. Let's switch Ooh. up. Let's switch up. up. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, not going to talk really anything more about it other than I have finished it. So I did all the story missions, reached the end game, did all that stuff. I could run around and get some more of the collectibles, but there's mm-hmm. not really any. I finished anything that requires combat. It's just going and picking up items uh, that are hidden throughout the map left for me. So I'm I'm good with that. I don't need to 100%. I don't need to platinum it or anything of that nature. So uh, just a fantastic game. And it's fun seeing a bunch of people in our community like playing it, enjoying it, talking about it in the, like, the spoiler room and even in the regular PlayStation room. So uh, really good game. Surprised even like Nathan, if Nathan's listening, an avid Xbox player is having a ball with this game, it seems, because he's posting screenshots. He's talking about it. So yeah, I saw him. he had some weird, he posted a video and he was walking with some old man and all of a sudden some wind came through and his horse like bolted off or something. Yeah. I don't know if it was supposed to be uh, a glitch or some kind of weird occurrence that actually happens normally. It just wasn't supposed to happen. Then I, I didn't understand what the purpose of it was, but that game I've seen screenshots and every single one of them looks like a wallpaper that you it put does. on the back of your, or on your monitor in your background. It's just like, dang. So good. Yeah. I had a similar glitch where actually I would be on my horse and it would just ride in a different direction and wouldn't stop. Um, happened to me once, so I just had to. I just quit the game and reloaded it, and it was fine after that. Um, huh. Wind that you see. I don't think I've ever actually talked about this. So the wind is actually used as waypoint markers in the game. So instead of you marking a section of the map and it has like the arrows or the dots directing you there, yeah. because they don't want to take away from how good that game looks, you can um, rub your finger on the touchpad, just like forward, like you're just swiping it. Mm-hmm. Um, swiping left because you approve um, or right. I don't know how the whole swiping thing works. Um, sure. sure. And then visibly on the screen, you'd see the wind pick up and it would guide you. They call it the guiding wind. And it would point basically in the direction that the wind blows is where you're supposed to go to your objective. Anyway, the wind blows. Anyway, the wind blows. Yep. So you get like the uh, the cherry blossoms, uh, things of that nature as you go through the different environments in the game. But that is so awesome. Teaches you which way to go, which was a nice little, well, something different. And, you know, you don't really see the waypoint. So you're like within, I think, like 80 meters is when it shows you like like an icon, gold icon will show up on your HUD that will tell you where, you know, where to go at that point. But when you're pretty far away, it's just the wind. It's nice. Um, but yeah. So if you have the ability to play it, folks, I encourage you to play it before um, the PS4 is, is fully gone. Or I'm sure I think I have a feeling that all these games that came out late in the PS4 uh, life cycle, we have to expect are coming to PS5 or at least being upscaled or something for it. Yeah, how could they not be? I mean, it would feel like such a waste. And I don't know how, if they can have that ready for around launch time, but you would have to think padding out those latecomers to the people who are basically holding out mm-hmm. and not, you know, may have already sold their PS4, but still want to play the game. You've got some sales waiting there in the wings, I would think. I think so. And people who maybe like are adapting. You know, for the first time, maybe they were an Xbox fan. Now they jump into PS5 mm-hmm. or they just haven't played games in a while. And now with the whole Corona thing, it seems to have gotten the gaming environment to be more um, more people jumping on playing games that maybe haven't in a while. Um, so these would be games that I think would, would be strong recommends for people to pick up uh, even on a PS5 if they've never had the opportunity before. 
Um, one of the games I do want to talk about though is Neon Abyss. I've but, seen a little bit about this. Yeah, this is the game that I think you and Jason even talked about that Donnie recommended you guys play because it's very yeah. fun, I suppose, because the the purple lights and the, the synth music and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a roguelike metroidvania i guess it's it's similar to like hollow knight i guess that's the way of putting it so your story is you're working for hades you know it's a very loose story they don't give you much other than like a little tiny cutscene at the beginning where hades basically has lost his power so you have to go defeat the gods for him and in return he'll grant you something i forgot what it was it wasn't really important (laughs) Yeah, yeah something like that um so your character basically you know, goes through these different uh, procedurally generated like environments, like just map pieces and you seek through and you get power ups, whether it's masks that give you abilities, different weapons um, and you fight the bosses. And as you, as you kill each boss, you advance to the next level. Uh, if you die, it starts all over, but anything you unlocked, you don't, I don't want to say you have, so it's not like dead cells where I guess you keep certain things. You mm-hmm. don't keep anything in, in, in neon abyss, but any upgrades that you purchased are available in game to find again. So the certain power-ups you only get by unlocking and, and buying. Okay. So when you have them, you would never lose them. They're just going to randomly be inserted again as available as a pickup instead of an unlockable item. Gotcha. So basically the more you play, the better the loot will be. Um, but you can still get some stinkers and some early level ones. That you just don't know. Um, and so you run into them and pick them up, but it's a great little loop. And honestly, I don't typically like these kinds of games. But for some reason, I keep coming back to this one. I've probably played six or seven hours worth of this game already in like wow. a couple of days um, just because it's fun. The music is really good, uh, has a satisfying loop of going through. And the fact that it's different every time the dungeon is different as you drop in each time mm-hmm. um, keeps me coming back. And as you go through and beat bosses, you get some of the higher level currency. And that's how you unlock different abilities or skills. Um these uh, will keep me coming back because they're giving me different advantages when I come back in. And eventually I can even unlock additional characters that have starting uh, different starting perks. So like there's two characters available right from the start, this guy and a girl, uh, the guy comes with three hearts, a key to unlock a door and one hand grenade. Oh. The woman comes with four hearts and a key. So like depending on your character, you can also get different advantages when you jump in. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the setup to uh, Binding of Isaac with different characters in the way that the unlocks yes. happen and everything, but obviously yes. side-scrolling instead of overhead. Yes, that's, uh, that's actually a better analogy. Yeah. What's the what's the combat like? It looked a little bit faster-paced. Is it difficult, stamina-based, that type of stuff? or it's, It depends on the weapons. So some of the weapons are like they take recharge time or some just constantly shoot all the time. It's It basically uh, works like a twin-stick shooter. So all you do uh, is point your joystick and it shoots in that direction gotcha. and your other joystick is used to move your left trigger is to jump your right trigger is to throw your hand grenades um if you have them um and to unlock doors and stuff is the right bumper um but yeah so it depends on the weapon you have like i've had some where it's like it shoots like these missiles that will heat seek and go after the enemies mm-hmm. but after you launch like five which happens like right away it's like boom, boom 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 you have to wait a good five or six seconds before you can shoot again so you have to make sure you're aiming at the right spot. Like it will always hit an enemy, but if it takes forever to actually circle around and hit the enemy, your gun doesn't recharge until those missiles are blown up. Okay. So if you're, it, you can be in trouble and you can be waiting 10 seconds. You can shoot again. Then you just get beat up and you're, you're done. It reminds me of the old NES days when you couldn't shoot anymore because they had the sprites had to disappear before you could shoot again. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like that. It, but but that's the good thing. So like if you have a gun that you like, as you beat these bosses and gain different power-ups, you'll gain buffs that will say, okay, you do more damage per shot. Or the more enemies you kill in this room, the more powerful your gun is. 
So there's all these different weird random perks that kind of are thrown in all over the place that give you the, the abilities or powers that you need to keep going. Uh, you defeat a boss, you may gain an extra heart, you know, uh, slot. Mm-hmm. Um, so things of that nature. But some of the power-ups are kind of funny because they're all inspired by like pop culture things. So there's like a purge mask you can have. Um, <laughs> there's one called, oh, somebody stop me. And it's the mask from the mask. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's like, it's like stuff like that. So it's very tongue in cheek and it's funny. Um, but yeah, it's just got a weird satisfying loop that I'm, I'm having fun with. So it's like, if I don't know what to play, I know I can boot up and do a couple, you know, runs through that. Even though like, honestly, I haven't beaten the first final boss i guess you could say it's not it's not the end game but like you go through five stages and you beat four bosses and the fifth boss is super hard i mm-hmm. haven't been able to beat that boss yet but i keep going back and running through and getting more power-ups so okay so your thing you probably sounds like a 10 to 12 hour game to beat like the first time probably yeah okay. yeah and cool. i think i think once you beat that first boss big boss i think there's more after too like i don't think it ends just there so okay so maybe uh, more then yeah um, but yeah, that, that one's fun. It's on Game Pass, uh, I believe. I don't know if it's on Game Pass for PC, but it's definitely on for console. But check it out because I think you'd I like. It is. I believe it is because I think I've seen the the picture for it while okay. I was scrolling through. So. Yeah, and I know it's on Switch as well. So for anybody interested, I, I give it a, a strong recommend. I'm having fun with it. Nice. Um, the next one is early access. I told Donnie I'd buy it, and I'm a man of my word. And that is a game I've been looking forward to just because it's so weird. It is Ooblets. <laughs> it's got a satisfying name. Not to be confused with giblets. That's different. Or six. Uh, so, Ooblets, man. How do I describe this game? <laughs> so, it is uh, Stardew Valley, but with better graphics. But because you do farming, you do upgrades to your home. But the twist is, is the Ooblets are basically Pokemon. So you collect and you grow these ooblets. They're grown from the ground. So you actually get seeds and you you raise ooblets as well as crops. Now, the ooblets combat isn't quite what you think it is. When you want to fight other people who have ooblets or challenge ooblets, because if you beat an ooblet with your ooblet, he poops out a seed and you got a seed to grow your own ooblet that you get to keep. Like you can't catch them wild. Like they're not, you know, not throwing pokeballs or anything of that nature. You have okay. to grow <laughs> Now, the combat, Lucas, mm-hmm. is a dance-off. It's a dance battle. Oh, my. Now you're talking. And how the dance battle works, it's actually a card-based dance battle. <laughs> okay. Show me your moves. Yeah. So the mechanics are is basically um, as you upgrade your ooblet, you will get better cards added to your deck. But each turn that your ooblet has, you have action points. It's like three at least to start with. I don't know if you can gain more as you level up, but it's always three and they show you four different cards and each has a different um, value, like okay. a one, two, three, whatever, or zero in some cases. And you play the amount of cards to use up all of your action points. Uh, some will give you an extra action point. Some will give you buffs. Some will reduce the effectiveness of your opponent, but basically you play these cards to reach 20 before your opponent does. Oh, and- when you win, they poop out a seed, and you take the seed, and you can grow your own ooblet. I hope you wash your hands afterward. I mean, I guess. But he literally just goes, you know, would you after you beat him, it's like, would you like a seed? And you go like, yes. And the ooblet looks at you, and it goes like, Err, and it goes, Err. and then you have a seed. So That's amazing. That's amazing. What's going on? Um, it always the thing that you defeated? Yes. Gross? Okay. Yes. But the, the amount of time it takes to grow them may vary. Um, because like just like crops in Stardew Valley, some things you plant is like a day, some is like 
30 days. So like, I haven't, I haven't played this game too, too much. I played about two or three hours so far. Um, but basically the story is, is you're just a kid who's moved away from home and, and sailed to this Island, uh, where you were raised. Ooblets did not exist. So I guess Ooblets are like a common thing, like in Pokemon, nobody's shocked that these animals are all over the place. And you know, Ooblets, it's the same thing. Like they run around town, they're in the woods, you see them, but your person has never experienced these. Uh, so you're running tasks with the different people in town, just like in Stardew Valley of different objectives. You can build relationships with different people. I don't know if you date in it per se it seems like it's friendship based so it's none of that going on mm-hmm. um but yeah it just kind of go through the town and i upgraded the shack i got for free and you're kind of just running tasks for the mayor and stuff it's a very weird game but there's so many different levels and how it's just a combination of so different many types of games that it's just weird but did you upgrade your shack into a nintendo shack god no is that even an upgrade i hope not <laughs> i kid i kid yes um but yeah it's fun so i would say this game is definitely not for everybody. So don't get me wrong. I'm not going to try and paint this picture saying, Hey, everyone should play this. But if you like games like Stardew Valley or, um, um, story of seasons, uh, harvest moon, things of that nature, it is very much like that with a little bit of Pokemon flair added in with the Ooblets. Um, but yeah, it's just a really quirky, fun kind of game. So I'm all for it. It's only an early access. I think now if you buy it, it's 15 or 20. I forget. I had gotten, I think I got, I got it for five dollars off. I don't remember if I paid fifteen or ten for it, but uh, if you bought it the week it came out in early access, you got a discount on it. So I want to say it's twenty. So it's not an expensive game, but I also don't know how long it's going to be. But interesting. It kind of the art style kind of reminds me of like Katamari Damashi mixed yeah. that Untitled Goose Game or something. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty darn accurate. Actually, it is. It does very much look like that. But yeah, it seems to be. I don't know if this is true, but like the wording in it, when you purchase it, it sounds like only two people designed this game. Oh, so I don't wow. know if there's a staff, you know, beyond that working on it, or it was literally just a two person studio. Um, but at the start of the game, it's only credited with two people. So I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. If it's only two people doing this, it's either work. amazing or extremely jerky to not include all, you know, the other eight people. Right. <laughs> right. Um, they love yeah. this game. That's all I really dove into. However, so I'm going to squeeze in a quick little news story here. Uh, okay. Xbox kicked off the Summer Game Fest demo event today. Well, yeah. yesterday, rather. Um, so that was the event that they had talked about before that we're going to give you for this week, July 21st to the 27th. So uh, by the time you're listening to this, folks, you've got like no days left to play. Or today is your last day if you're listening on Monday. Um so what I had done was I said, let's have some fun with this. And I asked the people in the discord to pick a couple games and I would just play them going in completely blind. Um, so most of these games, I know nothing about at all um, going into it. So I had played, um, so which was the one Donnie recommended. Welcome to Elk. Uh, so this one has a really weird, weird, weird art style uh, and a very quirky Twin Peaks-esque storyline, it seems like. Uh, oh, yeah. a person who landed in this town, this island, if you will, again, um, and you're meeting up with some folks, and they haven't really made clear in the demo what your objective is, per se, but you're meeting some crazy people in town who are celebrating the death of a brewer that had died, but I guess every year they celebrate his death which is weird because they don't like him, but they still, so they're like literally celebrating that the man is dead. Oh, I get it now. Okay. I thought you meant like, it's uh, no, oh, not no. in a good way. Not like today. We remember Martin Luther King. No, this is like, thank God this guy. Is dead. <laughs> I think I can even call him some inappropriate names. Um, but his, his next of kin is actually there and was like, I understand why you people celebrate this day, but it's just very weird. And your character like gets drunk, 
passes out and has these weird like fever dreams. I don't know what the game's even supposed to be about, but it seems to be like a walking um I don't want to say a walking simulator because most of those you're seeing from a per- first person perspective. This is definitely like you're viewing this map, your character's walking around this 2D map and kind of like an adventure game. Kind of like um probably more akin to something like Thimbleweed Park. Um, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen any like puzzle where you take this key and insert it into this door, but it seems to be all talking based walking around. Uh, I did have a map that I had to follow, but my character was drunk. So the directions didn't work right. So if I press right, sometimes she'd go left or up. So I had to navigate that. Um, so there's certain things like that in there, but weird, weird game, but enough to have me interested to see like, well, is this coming to game pass or is this going to be dirt cheap? Uh, because all these games are indie. So not terrible, but I really don't understand what it was. Next one, Seasons of Samurai. This was recommended by Nathan. Uh, this is terrible. It's a terrible, terrible game. Uh-huh. Uh, basically, it's a puzzle game that appears to be like a almost like a board game. Uh, you're viewing your samurai, and your objective is to get to the gate, basically, at the end. But you do so by pressing buttons that will sometimes raise or lower different platforms inside the map. Um, so it's grid-based. You're moving one grid at a time. Okay. The issue is, the game literally gave me no tutorial. It just gave me two buttons. It was like, you can use X or B, and they were trees. And somehow I was supposed to know by pressing the pink tree, it would do this. Or if I press the green tree, it would do this. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. Uh, and as I kept playing and getting through the levels, um, I would get more and more trees until all four buttons on the Xbox controller were being used. But I really didn't understand in what regards. Like, I didn't know if I always press B, this is what I would expect to happen. It was kind of like, oh, well, I would just press buttons until I saw something or got what I wanted it to do and then move. Mm. So I would be able to get through all the levels, but I would always get like bronze, which is like, I guess, took too many moves to do it. Yeah. But I had no idea what the purpose was. So this one's a pass for me. I had no idea what it was. Um, Antipole DX was uh, recommended by Takeda. This one's pretty cool. So this is a Mega Man-esque kind of game. Uh, where you play as basically what can be described. The character reminds me of like a male uh, Carmen Sandiego. Oh, okay. <laughs> but basically you run through and you have a blaster so they, they shoot just like Mega Man but the gimmick of this game is you can defy gravity so for a certain period of time you can press the trigger and you flip up to the ceiling as does anything else that's movable in the game so you can manipulate crates to shoot and kind of go by you can you know kind of paralyze enemies temporarily by making them flip up to the ceiling and you can shoot them the second they land mm-hmm. uh, so it's kind of like different things there so of course it's one of those celeste types games where there's you know tons of drops tons of spikes where if you land on your bad you know things of that nature um i didn't complete this demo i got frustrated with certain parts of the levels so not a game for me but it seems to be well done and probably something for people who like those kinds of games like celeste um that they should probably check this one out this seems to be pretty well done it reminds me, it looks like Super Metroid in its yes. graphical style. Yeah. Okay. I didn't get any experiences of having to go back and forth like a Metroid. It seems to be kind of you just keep going forward to the end of the levels. Um, but once again, it's a demo, so who knows? I don't know what the end game is going to look like. Nice. Um, oh, shoot. What else? Uh, Fogs or Fogs? I don't really know how to describe it. <laughs> P-H-O-G-S. Josh recommended this one. Um, this one actually was pretty fun. It You basically control... Uh, if you folks are familiar with Cat Dog back in the day on Nicktoons, where cat one hat was a cat, one hat was a dog. Cat dog. This is the same premise, but it's two dogs. So you each. That's just ridiculous. Well, I know. Completely breaks the whole fourth wall there on this one. Kind of. Each thumbstick controlled a different do- a different head. So you're <laughs> navigating these levels, and it's a puzzle game. Like you have to grab an item, or like you would go to the edge of a cliff, bite with one head, swing with the other to grab the next piece, and let go and kind of swing over. So it's one of those kind of games. I know I've seen this before. Like a. Uh, Noby Noby Boy was one that was similar to this. 
Um, it's very charming, though. It has cute music. The levels seem to be well designed. They're all kind of themed after different things. Uh, one of them I was in like a bowling alley, which also gave me a mini game where I dropped into like a hamster ball and kind of ran down an alley and had to knock over pins. Oh, yes. Nice. So it seems to be kind of fun. Not something I would say like, oh, my God, I'm going to get day one. But it was intriguing and cute enough to say, I kind of like this, uh, even though the controls are a little bit frustrating. But it's that kind of game where it's meant to be frustrating. It's not that the controls are bad. It's my brain can't function with, okay, here's one head. Here's the other head. This triggers for this head. And have to remember, the blue head is this side. The red head is this side. Yeah. And navigate that. It's like playing. I don't know if you've ever even attempted to do it, playing overcooked single player. Exactly what I was just thinking of. I cannot do that. So, but I'm really good at overcooked, but I cannot do it by myself. So I kind of get the same experience with fogs uh, for that, but it does seem to be very well done. A good game. I, I say it's one people should keep an eye out for. Um, the other ones I'll, I'll quickly mention freshly frosted is like a donut uh, puzzle game. Kind of cool if you're into puzzle games, but it wasn't anything I thought it was going to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Cake Bash is one that got a lot of attention in the last like Xbox Direct, I guess they showed this before, um, where you're basically different pastries fighting each other um, in kind of like a Mario Party-esque type game. Uh, you basically drop in, and um, one of the demo levels I played was you had to decorate yourself with as much sprinkles or candy in the amount of time. So they give you like two minutes, they drop in four players, and like M&Ms start falling from the sky and you got to like pick them up and stick yourself to them. So I was like a donut. So I was rolling in the M&Ms, but meanwhile, the muffins over here trying to punch me in the face and knock them off. Uh, they pick up like lollipops and you can bash each other with them, things of that nature. Um, and there's a bunch of other different games too, like grab the sugar cubes and throw them in the coffee, throw them in the tea. So there's all these different other mini games, but overall, this was a game I was kind of excited about before, but now having played it, I'm a little less. If it comes to Game Pass, I'll play it, but it seems to just be like, overly long unwelcomed mario party games so like mm. you would play something similar to this in mario party but it'd be 30 seconds right two minutes feels like a long time on some of these yeah. things yes that would be that kind of was like eh. but looks really cool once again really charming the different pastries can be there's like cake cheesecake a claire donut muffin and they'll have different styles that you can unlock too so like you have a regular muffin, then you have like a bran muffin that's darker or pistachio. It's kind of green. So things of that nature too. So uh, cute, but not that great. Last one really quick. And then I apologize, Lucas. I'm talking way too long here. Oh, that's okay. uh, Destroy all humans. The re 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 remake. Yeah. Yeah. Played the demo for this. I will say graphically looks really good. Um, like the fields, like it's just the, the only part in the demo is just that first intro level. So if you play your lamb into the farm, you fight the one farmer, you destroy some cows then the army shows up. It's the exact same thing we've played before. If you've ever played the game, mm-hmm. uh, looks really good. Controls really good. Um, the one critique I have right now, and it's just based off the demo may not be in the final game, the audio, the sound quality. It sounds like they took the same voice clips from like PS2. Ooh. So it sounds really compressed and almost bad. So I hope that's only because it's the demo. I don't know. It just for the rest of the game to look as good as it does, that just took me out of it a little bit. So I understand. I mean, go back and play something like Grand Theft Auto Three or Vice City, and every because there's so much dialogue they're trying to fit onto a disc. It is so compressed. It sounds awful. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's, it's the same thing there. Hopefully they fix it. Because I mean, honestly, like playing like SpongeBob that I did that I reviewed you know, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. that audio sounded good. It didn't sound compressed and that's from the same era. So this shouldn't sound that way either. But once again, just a demo, so maybe not, you know, inclusive of what's going to be the final game. I will be able to tell you 
soon enough if that's the case, Lucas. Wink, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I got you. I just don't know yet. Um, but yeah, as of right now, off the demo, the audio is really the only thing I can complain about. But everything else seemed really fun. Destroy All Humans is a fun game. I really don't know why they stopped making them. Um, but I'm glad this is back. I just wish, once again, that it was something new. But it's fun. But that's enough for me. Man, but, you've been productive, sir. Yeah, it's, I, I tried to cram it on because I've only been talking about ghosts for so long that I had to have <laughs> other stuff to talk about. So I felt obligated to play stuff. I don't blame you. Uh, what have I been up to? Well, I have finally, I can say that I have finally defeated Dragon Quest XI. Hey! This thing. Um, at the expense of doing really any of these side missions, but that's okay because this is no Witcher 3. You just get stuff for doing side missions, basically. Um so my opinion of this game at the beginning was pretty high. Uh, I was enjoying it quite a bit. I was surprised at the quality on display of the music, the the graphics, just everything about it, really. And as I played more and more of it, I started to see some problems that I had in, in it personally. I felt that it kind of became a good, not great game for me. Uh, the, the story is very basic at its roots. Like once you're kind of go through the entire arc, which spans over for me, it was 78 and a half hours. It, it feels like they packed a lot in that amount of time, but not a lot that actually directly relates to what you're doing, which is weird because it technically all directly relates to what you're doing. But at the same time, there's so much going on that I couldn't really tell you any one specific thing besides the things that happened just you know 10 hours back right. my last 10 hours of it um just because it, it just all seems so like this is happening and this is happening and this is happening and they're all these stepping stones to get where you need to go but they don't really tie in as strongly to the main theme of the game so it was kind of just a lot of weird pacing issues that i found throughout the entire game where i kind of wished some of these things happened in a different order or sooner or something like that to give me some something to grab onto for some of these characters that you get introduced into. And over the course of the game, that's probably one of the biggest weakest points, the biggest weak points for me compared to something like um, Xenoblade Chronicles, having played just the second one, but um, using that as an example, some of the characters had in an over an overabundance of personality. So there's a character named Silvando who is just like, he might as well be the second uh, protagonist in the game. You see a lot of Silvando, and he has a really good story arc. There's also another character named Veronica, who you, b- both of these characters, you kind of know what you're getting just based off from the way that they talk to you. So you're kind of like, okay, I know who this is. Yeah. And at the same time, you have characters like Jade or Hendrick, who feel like they have no personality whatsoever. Uh and I think part of that is because they have, they're like these characters who I have a sense of duty to whoever I am loyal to, to protect and, and um, kind of be their guardian. But that's kind of as far as it goes. Uh, and you get Hendrick really, really far late in the game uh, as a, as a playable character. So I feel like I, I don't really have any, feeling toward him whatsoever <laughs> you know in jrpgs they give you like one character really late and you're like why like yeah. i was done why are you giving like i'm not gonna learn anything about this guy exactly uh, and you won't because it just doesn't feel like 
you you would play something like Mass Effect, which I know isn't directly relatable, but they all have their own secondary missions that you kind of learn about them through through that. And that's I feel like that's what's missing here. So you kind of have the half measure of just learning about them through what happens. And for some characters that works out, you learn a lot about Silvando. You don't learn so much about Jade, for instance. You you learn a little. Like I said, I've forgotten probably more than I remember about the game. But overall, none of it really felt impactful uh, for most of the characters. So yeah, almost 80 hours worth and I finally finished this game. It, it actually feels really good. I'm kind of proud of that because... I, this was a library game I needed to return and I wanted to be done with it before I returned it for the final time. And and I did. So uh, overall, like seven and a half, eight out of 10, probably. Then I started, <laughs> I don't know why I did this. But... I was wondering the same thing. So what what to do better after finishing a JRPG than to immediately begin a JRPG? I, I don't know why I did this. I, I have some theories and I will share them with you now. The game is Nino Kuni wrath of the white witch. And it's on PS now PlayStation now. So that is how I became, how it is available to me as it were. Mm-hmm. So this is the original. I think they remastered this game for the PC and stuff like that. Uh, and so I decided to give this a try because basically my son was in the room and we were just kind of hanging out and I didn't have anything in mind to play. So it kind of seemed appropriate. And what, if you're not familiar with the series and I'm not, I'm completely going in blind other than I think um, there was somebody from PSVG or in that discord who was playing the games that um, was talking the name, but other than that had no clue what it was about. So it has the animation style or at well actual animation from Studio Ghibli. It's basically a Studio Ghibli film come to life. You you're going into these worlds, you're playing as a character and you're experiencing a lot of that magic that comes with any of these movies. Uh, obviously, that goes without saying that it has charming music visuals. The uh, what I was surprised about, because I go into the options a lot just to see what's there and it gives you the option of what voiceovers you want what what voice cast the japanese or the english so of course i don't know what to pick so i look it up and it it said that the english cast is done really well and i i agree it is very in line with a studio ghibli film that you would use the english dub of so that quality of voice acting i was greatly surprised by that and uh i'm kind of glad that i went with it because for instance, they actually used, from what I can tell, I don't know, maybe they didn't, I guess I don't know, but it sounds like they actually used a child actor to play the child that you play as in the game as yeah. opposed to going with uh, uh, somebody who kind of sounds like a kid, an anime kid, if, if you will, because oftentimes they'll use adults for that. Yep. Uh, but the combat consists mostly of you playing as this main character named Oliver and Oliver can cast spells, can attack with a wand very fairly weakly. I mean, it's just a stick, basically. Uh, but you can also throw out extensions of your spirit, which are these little familiars that will fight for you. And so far, I only have one. But it's an extension of his soul that comes to guard him and protect him. And it's this little cute-looking imp thing that wields a ridiculous sword and shield. 
and uh, it will fight for you for a limited time as its stamina kind of clocks down. And then you call it back and maybe bring out another familiar. If you get one, I don't have one yet. So I just end up fighting as Oliver for a little bit if it's, if it's needed. And you level up together and you experience the story of basically being transported into this magical world by a doll that your mom made for you. And he comes to life by way of your tears and uh, transports you into this magic world. And you're there to save the world from the dark presence of this evil villain named Shadar. And that's about as much as I know. That's so. a horrible gift. Like why <laughs> that, that is the worst gift a mother could give apparently. Well, I don't think she knew it was going to come to life. Uh, Shadar is the one that turned. So it has a real life presence in the magical world. And his story is that he was turned into a doll by the evil Shadar. And somehow he was basically transported into our, our realm, if you will, by that magic of Shadar and his mom making this doll. So I guess they're kind of like mirror worlds where they converged in this one spot. I don't know. It's anime. What do you... I just wanted you to try and rationalize it for me. And you did. So <laughs> tell me behind uh lightsabers while you're at it. Uh, so yeah, it, it's very enjoyable. It is so far. It's been very appropriate to play in front of my kid, very cartoony. And, yeah. Um, completely in line with a studio Ghibli film. So if you, if you're into that type of thing, this is right up your alley. I don't know if the rest of the game, I know there's some other games in the series. I don't know if they're like that or not. I think there's two. I think yeah, it's just, Nino know, two, I think. Yeah. Um, like, so one, two, and then wrath of the white witch, or is this the first one? No, that's the first one. You're playing the first one. Gotcha. See, when you, when you go with a, a second, like a colon secondary title and then name your second yeah. game, number two, it gets confusing because then you feel like you're playing a spinoff or at least that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Nino Tooney, Nino Cooney. I should call it Nino yeah. Tooney. That'd be better. <laughs> Nino Cooney and Nino Tooney. It's the Nintendo way of naming things. Yeah. Um, The second one is Revenant Kingdom is Nino Cooney too. Okay. So it does have a colon or secondary name. Yes. And oh. Nino Cooney three is in development, but not released apparently. So, see, I was kind of right. There is a third game. It just doesn't exist yet. Yes. There's uh, also two mobile games, apparently. Oh, got to get those right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, uh, well, I'm glad to know that I'm playing the first one then because I get bothered by just jumping in it in the middle of something. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, enjoying that one. I don't know how long it'll last, but it, it is uh, enjoyable enough for me to continue or want to continue. And then lastly, because I went down this weird YouTube rabbit hole of professional wrestling one night, uh, it basically led to a desire for me to go back and play a wrestling game. And I haven't played a wrestling game since probably WWE 2K 15, maybe, okay. or 16. And so, again, I went back to PS Now and looked in because I, I had seen it on there while I was just browsing other games. And they have 2K 15, 2K 16. And then 2K18. I don't know why 17 is missing. Was there no 17? I, no, I, I'm going to look now. Was it bad? I, I'm not sure. I know there was a really a real stinker in there somewhere uh, between now and then. So I created a wrestler. I started career mode or whatever they call it. My, my wrestler, my, my career or something. I, I don't know what they call it. But basically, I made my own wrestler. And uh, from what I can tell so far, it's basically 
at the 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 mechanics of it are the same. You know, yeah. you're still doing reversals, you're still doing um fights for match stars where it basically tells you how good of a fight you you had which as far as i can tell has always been basically don't use the same moves and make the la- the match last as long as possible <laughs> um so yeah it's more of the same the the story mode seems to be slightly different just because you can actually do promos you can cut promos and oh nice pick what you choose to say but what's weird is when you choose an avenue to go down so let's say you decide to be extremely confident in yourself and kind of cocky you have to continue that line of thought throughout your entire promo and keep that energy but it doesn't tell you what they are you have to figure that out based on what you're reading uh, from your uh, selections of what you can say and you're also in a time limit so you're kind of forced to sort of read everything really quickly and then try to figure out what's kind of on tone on brand for what you're doing at the beginning of the promo. And I guess you don't have to, but that's how you earn the most right points in that mini game or whatever. So I am at the point where they basically set you up against the NXT champion and you have to win, which is kind of weird to me that you have to win because otherwise I would think you would just cycle back into another um working your way up to a championship match that probably happens after nxt but like you have to win nxt to get to wwe i believe yeah i think that's kind of where they're trying to push yeah um and where the real story starts yeah Uh, but so having to to defeat this guy i've uh i can't remember his name uh he's the guy who for the wrestling people he's the guy who's uh longest intro sequence i've ever seen his song is something about being glorious rude bobby rude i think is his name is his name and he has this glorious song and he just stands there and he's like all brightly lit up and wait so is he like a knockoff of ravishing rick rude from back in the day i don't know it seems that way i feel like it because he's you know he's got that like self-indulgent i all important flair to him and uh I fought him three or four times and I keep getting like, I, I will beat his, his butt into the mat. And then he somehow like, will work his way back. You know how, like in this game, you'll get this chain where you kind of can't get into the rhythm and you're just yeah, yeah. butt kicked and you can't seem to reverse and all this other stuff. Then you start getting tired and you can't get up and you're just sitting on the mat waiting for you to be able to do something like that will suddenly take its turn because I'll do my signature moves, my finishers, and I'll pin them and he'll still get back up. And it's, it's great for the match points and the stars and everything to make the, you know, a, a back and forth and a, and a, oh my God moment or whatever. But I can't seem to like clinch the win as it were. can't seem to get him um, beat. So I don't know what the deal is there, but it's kind of, I'm just like, really, if I'm having this much trouble already before I even get into the WWE. Yeah. Great. It's not a very good start. So um, fun fun fact, he was previously part of a tag team known as beer money. Oh man. Maybe that's what I should have done a show called beer money instead of (laughs) uh, battle of the beer. So I, I imagine this will fizzle out before it really comes to anything. It's kind of one of those things you do because you're in the heat of the moment or whatever. Yep. I'm just like, oh, I feel like doing this for some reason. And then I have no allegiance to it whatsoever to do anything with it. It's just like it's here until it's here. And then it'll eventually get dropped, I'm sure. So there you have it. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. RPGs and wrestling. <laughs> this is America. Um, to where we play JRPGs. Mm-hmm. All right. So well, that's enough from us, everybody. Time to check out what you have to say. So with that, it's time to check out the messages. Message for you, sir. So many of you sent in messages. So, but since we went long with what we've been playing, mostly my fault, I am saving two questions for next week. And there's a reason why, which you'll find out later, but they have a theme to these questions I think are more fitting to save. So that being said, first question comes in from Delvin Cox. Favorite Geico commercial. (laughs) Now, obviously, I think he's trying to uh, mess with us or give us a question that seems impossible to answer. But there there have been some good ones. And I always remembered this one. it's the one where the caveman is at the airport and he's on one of those little conveyor belt things. And as he's going by, he sees an advertisement for Geico, like a poster. And it says like, so easy a caveman can do it and gets like super offended, which now seems really ahead of its time. Kind of yeah, huh? <laughs> basically early, you know, triggered as it were. Uh, but for me, it's not any of that that made the commercial. It was the song that played during that little, I think it was only like 40 seconds or something like that, but it, I remembered it to this day. And one day I sat down and I'm like, I need to figure out what this song is because it would play in my head constantly. So for any, if I sat down and I Googled that to figure out what it was and I found what it was. So for anybody who cares, the song is called remind me and it's by Roy Scop R O Y S K O P P. And I think if you've seen the commercial, you'll know exactly what the song is within like two seconds. So, okay. That song stuck with me for way too long and probably affected me uh, and my and how I grew up because that that came that uh, commercial aired when I was still in school, I'm sure. So, yeah, I mean, it's got it. Well, like I go, I go caveman airport ad. Yeah, I 2006. I, OK, so two years out of school then. Yeah, but still, well, that's the YouTube video. Yeah, it's the oldest YouTube video. There's some other more recent ones, but that seems to be the earliest. Oh, when it was posted to YouTube. Yeah. Okay, so it could be even later than that. Then it could be. I don't know. We're spending way too much long, but now, now I'm down a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> I want you to hear the song. That's what it comes down to. Really. Thirty second ad. No. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't know. The 2006 is when I have it. The last time it aired was in 2019, according to this ad agency website. Wow. Um, so they still use it. Apparently I think they brought it back with the favorites of all time. And Geico had this like competition there where you voted for your favorite Geico ad of all time. Oh, so wow. I think it probably re aired due to that. Nice. Right. Um, so for me, I have a two part answer here. I couldn't pick one. Um, they're both really stupid, but I laugh anyway. The <laughs> one is a recent one, which probably from a year or two ago with the final countdown where the employees making they're in an office and a, a guy puts a burrito in the microwave. Oh, and then yeah. the band oh. actually comes out and starts playing the final countdown. Yeah, I, th- I think I've only seen it like once or twice, actually, but I have seen it. Yes, that one makes me giggle. And plus, the final countdown is an amazing song. So that's the, that's um, the thing that plays in your head while you're doing it. And you're like, yes. man, wouldn't that be hilarious if this happens? I mean, those are the dumb thoughts that I have. anyway. Yeah, and you could have been this ad agency because that's exactly what they thought. Um, the other one, I've seen actually a resurgence all of a sudden. I'm not really sure why. And I'm sure you've seen this one. It's the Marco Polo one. Where the kids are in the pool. 
so they're they're playing Marco Polo. It's just two kids hopping around a, like an above ground pool, like Marco Polo, Marco Polo, and they cut to it, and it's actually Marco Polo, like full Victorian era outfit, yeah, standing yeah. in the pool. And he's like he's speaking like Italian to him. He's like well, Marco Polo right here, and he's like saying whatever in like Italian. There's like a llama in the background. Yeah, I have seen that one. Now that you say that, I don't know why, but it gives me the giggles. <sighs> There, those are those are some good, you know. And then they went with the lizard, and that was kind of like the lizards. Like, might have been my least favorite, actually, out of all of them. Like, I think all the other ones are much funnier. I mean, they stole them from Gex, so what are you gonna do? It's true. It's true. Not paying any royalties either. Nope. Um, Lucas, yeah, we have a message from Nick Fahaba. Oh yes, your favorite he wants to say. I know my favorite name to say. He's, he asked, "What's your favorite obscure multiplayer game?" I don't play much online anymore, but I probably played more Phantom Dust, Blur, and the Shadowrun FPS than any other online console game other than Halo 2. Wow. Blur, wasn't that the racing one? I think so. Because that came out with around the same time as Split Second, I believe. And I don't know anybody who played either of those games, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's probably true. So do you have one? Or do you want me to go? If you can go first, I'm trying to find the name of it. And I should have looked before I have it in my head, but I can't figure out the name of this. Okay. I, I have mine. So it didn't take me much thinking at all because I know what uh, I immediately remember that this is probably obscure to most everybody else, but Jason and I have talked about it a lot because we used to play it a lot and that would be uh, awesome knots. So if you don't know, Oh, right. Is, uh, it had this like Saturday morning cartoon kind of intro and feel and that kind of carried along to the character aesthetics as well. Uh, it was uh, basically a MOBA where each character had their own powers, set of attributes, like attributes, uh, like health, movement, speed, uh, attack strength, whatever. Uh, basically, you'd have two teams of three would be pitted against each other to break down these like little turrets. So you had like two or three turrets that would block the, the way cause it's on a 2d plane. So it would block the way of, uh, their getting into their base and at that base, which is your main objective is this thing called the solar collector, which solar is money, um, for all intents, all intensive purposes, as we like to say, and, uh, you'd have to attack or offend or defend and, um, you know, each character had their own roles, much like any other MOBA. I thought it was very underrated, actually. I'm kind of surprised that it didn't take off more because it was obvious that they were putting a lot of love into the game. So I'm surprised that it wasn't more popular, uh, but it never seemed to really catch on. And then eventually it went free to play, even though it was dirt cheap. You could get for like, I, yeah, I would say it was, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And so like for Jason and I, it was always tough cause we never had a third. So we'd always get that random person mixed in and never have like a really strong team. And, uh, obviously in a MOBA, it's always important what your, um, team consisted of. And so if you had like, if Jason and I were in, in sync with each other and we're like, okay, we're going to play these two characters. And then you get some random character who basically has the same job. It, it never really went very well for us it seemed uh but yeah every character had their own theme song as well so that is just amazing i mean they're the songs in the game were were awesome and every character had a really cool just a really cool feel like i don't know they they each had the characters had character because they had a lot of right detail so yeah awesome 
so as I was finding the game I have, and I have it here, I didn't even think of this aspect. Are we thinking multiplayer is in multiplayer online only, or just multiplayer is in even couch? Uh, I, w- I would say even couch. I mean, that's still multiplayer, right? Right. I think the intention was probably online. Probably but- online. But I get, you know what? Why don't you present it to us and we can make a I'll make a on the spot decision and uh, whatever is most embarrassing for you. Oh, well, these are all embarrassing. So that, that's good. All right. So if we're talking couch, Pikmin 3. OK, now Pikmin 3 is a game that people know and people who like it like it. But I actually played way more multiplayer than anything. And that's really why I've been in trouble ever since having traded in the Wii U and Pikmin 4 hasn't come out was because my wife and I would play Pikmin 3 constantly. Um, There were different modes uh, where you had um, like there was treasure ones. You had to hit a map and you had a a set period of time to collect as much treasure as possible and clear that map um, working together as a team. Uh, But then there were also ones where you go against each other, like these bingo battles, they called them. (laughs) And what would happen is you're dropped on a map opposite ends and you're actually going against each other in this instance and you have a bingo board where you're trying to collect the items to make bingo you know whether it's a line full whatever um so you're actually having to fight your opponent sometimes because you might both be going for the same thing that you need to complete your bingo uh um so those things there like we played so much of that and i don't think a lot of people talked about the multiplayer in pikmin 3 because it was actually dlc to the game like it was you had to pay for it to get it to get the full effect which was but it was 100 worth like i spent so much time in that um other couch co-op notable ones super monkey ball which i don't think enough people remember that game <laughs> we bought all of those on gamecube back in the day like we i think there was like two two back then and like we bought the follow-ups in the other consoles but the gamecube ones were the best and it wasn't even because of the actual game we just played so many of the different multiplayer aspects um which had like target practice you had battle you had racing it was also a different baseball even like where you, you would actually bat the monkeys in the balls as the ball <laughs> like it would be like home run derby kind of thing um things like that that were really fun but if you're talking strictly multiplayer obscure uh, for me the first one this is one i had to look up because I, I could picture it, but i could remember time splitters uh future perfect ah. so it was a sequel to time splitters because the original time splitters i don't think had multiplayer mm-hmm. but time splitters future perfect had multiplayer um it had a, a multiplayer uh, map maker mode, online multiplayer, so you can create your own maps and go through that there too. Wow. Um, it was a lot of fun to play, whether you're playing online or just doing like couch split screen versus each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was a really, really cool, obscure one that I don't think a lot of people talk about at all. Um, I know Time Splitter is supposed to be coming back, but prior to that, I don't think anybody really invested that much time in these games. I feel like, see, I've only played a little bit of Time Splitters, and I don't even think I played multiplayer, but if I'm remembering correctly, isn't it kind of a spiritual successor to GoldenEye and like Perfect Dark? Like, does it have yes. that same feel? Okay. Yeah, it was it was made by a lot of the same folks on those teams actually worked on those games. Okay. Visually, it looks more like Team Fortress. It's more that um feel to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it plays much like a GoldenEye or Perfect Dark, one hundred percent. Okay. Then I'm my brains are not failing me quite yet. No. Yeah, no, it has the same solid gameplay, just not visually. Uh it doesn't look the same way, but those are mine. Um, so next question comes in from Josh. What mainstream games that everyone loves is one that you hate or dislike greatly? I mean, hate is such a strong word. Yeah, I'm trying to think like hate is tough, but there's a lot that I don't like that a lot of people like. 
Uh, only a Sith deals in absolutes. There you go, Nathan. That's for you. Uh, for me, it's gotta it's gotta be Minecraft. I really, <laughs> since its inception and like release, I've looked at that game and I'm just like, I don't get it. And I know that a lot of people have a lot of fun and you can actually really think outside of the box on in this game. Like, you you know, you can just play survival mode. You can build stuff. There's, you know, the creative mode. You can somebody didn't somebody build Pokemon inside of. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. They built tons of stuff. Yeah. Legend of Zelda. I've seen a bunch of stuff. So I'm not saying that it's not a good game or at least uh, a game that you can have a lot of fun with. But what I'm saying is that when I look at that game, it, it makes me feel so much <laughs> anger and hatred because it's just so ugly. I can't get over how ugly it is. Yes, it looks so bad. I don't understand why people play it. It I know you can get over that, but I don't know. In the in just the perspective, first person, the mining, uh, and I don't know. I just don't get it. And I, I understand other people like it, and it's a it's great for kids. I I, I get all of that, but I don't it doesn't jive with me at all. It's like, I don't know. I can't explain it. I just look at it and I, I feel the, the hate that it brings. Now, have you actually played Minecraft? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, I have, but it took uh VR for me to do it. Okay. That makes sense. All right. It was more like, I don't know, maybe VR will make it better because you know, you have to, you have to see what the other sides like. Sure. Right. Yeah. So I go in and I'm like, wow, Yep, this is Minecraft in VR, sure enough. And the thing that Minecraft does have is the sense of scale, right? So you can build things that are absolutely massive. You can go into caves that are just these yawning black abysses. And that part was cool. But again, the whole trying to make sure that you're hitting the exact right block that you're looking for and mining forever to get to this stuff that you need to make the thing that you want to whatever defeat the the void monster whatever i don't know whatever the kids are talking about these days it's just the the giant green penis monsters (laughs) uh that's a child's book that i'm writing and it'll be (laughs) (laughs) now is is the penis a monster or is it a monster penis I haven't thought of that. I thought it was implied, but clearly because it could be totally different books, depending on which way you look at it. It's one of those uh, double-sided books. You flip it over, and it's you know it's a whole uh, okay. story on the other side. So. Choose your own adventure. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, Minecraft. Okay, uh, Minecraft actually would be mine, but I I need to pull back because I've never actually played it. I've played Minecraft Dungeons, which I actually do enjoy, yeah, um, but regular Minecraft, same thing with you. Like it just gets my blood boiling because I I just. It's so ugly. I can't get past it. Like, I don't, I don't know why I can't, I can't do it. Um, but for mainstream games, this is, this is tough. I'm going to people know where I stand on things. So the newer gears of war games, I don't hate, but I greatly dislike the main character, Kate, that everyone seems to like because I find her to be the worst, most annoying part of those games, but that's not the game itself. Cause I enjoy those games. So the one I'm picking is Hellblade. Wow, I was which that. I do I did not like that game at all. Uh, I am of course going to still play two when it comes out because it's gonna be a game pass, so I don't need to pay for it. But uh, I think I talked about an empire, but I just don't remember if I talked about it on air or not. Um, the reason I hate the game, it's not its visuals, like it looks great, you know, everything like that. It's the gimmick of the game. 
the constant voice in her head, the whispering that doesn't stop. It just got really old 10, 15 minutes into the game. Like mm-hmm. I just was so sick of it. And I was playing the game with headphones on because everyone said you had to play this game with headphones on that. As I said to Donnie, that maybe if I played it again without headphones on and like played on a TV, so I wouldn't have to hear it as much. It would be, maybe it'll bother me less, mm-hmm. but I just found that they leaned into that gimmick way too hard for me to be satisfying anymore. Like it was cool at first. Like, Oh my God, she's going crazy. And it could still be done at certain points that were effective to the plot and story. But just the fact that it happened all the time and never stopped drove me nuts. And I'm like, forget this game. I don't understand how anybody can sit here and play this because it's like ASMR videos just playing in your ears nonstop as you're trying to play a game. Nobody likes that. I, I think that's exactly how Senua described the entire affair. Like going crazy is like ASMR in your brain at all. Yeah. I mean, it was I, making me go crazy. I forget I, her. Yes. You really know what it feels like to have voices inside your head now. Yeah. You know what pulled, I actually, I was going to challenge whether or not that's a mainstream game, but then Microsoft came and pulled mm-hmm. it mainstream so i guess we you know we have that now um, i mean lots of people love that like that was a game of your candidate for a lot of people that year it came out it just for me i was like forget this game um the thing that actually killed my momentum in that game was finding the runes everywhere i got sick and tired yeah. and i played it in vr uh here comes VR again <laughs> oh, big surprise um but when you're actually looking around with your head and you're just trying to find these runes that are somehow magically made with the environment, it gets really old because you know you're in the right spot. And God, yeah. You got to physically. I didn't even think of that. Like that's, that was hard enough. The whole, you know, behind the veil type thing that was going on where you had to look at things from a certain angle to see them. Like, yeah, playing that VR, it's going to be a thousand times worse. Yeah, it was cool in some aspects, but then I got to that and I'm like, I can't, I can't do this every time I go to a new area and get blocked off by the, those like gates. That, and then you're, that's when you're st- the. And then the stuff in your head is like, he looks so stupid with that helmet on. What's he doing? Does he even know how to play this game? Yeah, I'm, just, doing? I'm putting my pulling off my headphone. I'm like, Somebody in here? Like, like is my wife calling me? What is it? Yeah. Cody? 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 Now see, now I do it with the uh, like. It's it's become me. As doing Josh, Cody. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, um, the fights in that game were cool in VR, though. Yes, yeah, those enemies were very menacing, but I, I could see, I could see why you might find that to be very uh, annoying, as it were. So I guess I don't yeah. blame you. I, I don't blame you at all. Yeah, fair enough. So thank you for the questions, everybody. You can always send them in at PSVG Kevin on Twitter or hit us up in the Discord when we ask for them. Uh, Garrett and Haley, your questions I do have, and they're being saved for next week. Uh, so stay tuned for that then. But Lucas, it's been a week, so we should talk about the news of the week. Even though typically the episode would be ending in the next couple minutes, we're obviously going to go a little bit long here. But uh, we have to address the news of the week. Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite news outlet on the Citadel. First one. Last week, people talked about this. I think Nintendo Shack talked about it for a long time. And now, the internet is pointing out just how dumb we are, Lucas. Oh, no. The Mario 35th Anniversary Twitter went live and everyone's like, oh my God, this is this is something, this is real. And the F-Zero one hit and people are like, oh my God, F-Zero's coming back, this is real. Yeah, it's not real. Oh. Um, nope. Oh. So last week, a pair of the Twitter accounts were spotted, one called Super Mario 35th, 
Uh, it's Mario 35th anniversary this year, of course, and F-Zero JP named for you know, Nintendo's F-Zero series. Now, even though the person who found these said up front that they were likely fakes, Nintendo fans went ape and were talking about it, retweeting it. I didn't even know that the person who found them initially said they were fake, but I, I did follow the news story, and sure enough, they did. So it was just the cause of what the internet does. Uh-huh. Um yeah, so the Mario one obviously has received more attention because that's what everyone's anticipating those Mario remasters or a collection to possibly hit. But the F Zero one uh, blew up because uh, also the Captain Falcon's Japanese voice actor made a return to the recording studio. No, not really sure why. It could be for something entirely unrelated to Captain Falcon too. So <laughs> he just wanted to visit to say hi. Yeah, or I mean, he might have been recording something else. It didn't say he was going back to Nintendo to record Captain Falcon voices. Just he was doing yeah. voices again. I mean, how many voice actors do one voice? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, so everyone thought, hey, F Zero is coming back. Awesome. We talked about it last week. We said, hey, it'd be really cool if it was like a, you know, he raced, but then he also get the car and be like a beat him up type thing. Yeah. So yeah, the only tweet to come out of this actually is a weird uh, animated GIF that appears to have lots of uh, man-on-man Japanese interactions. So, yeah. <laughs> Got him. I mean, I don't really know what else to say about it. There's, there's oh, man. You know, self-pleasuring. There's lots of weird... Like, even the, the, the post itself doesn't even make sense as far as I could tell by watching. It was kind of just random stuff, but... Do we know... Yeah. What, what is... Has this been translated? The the Japanese writing? Oh, I don't know, to be honest. I'm going to check. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You search that, that oh boy. I'm <gasps> Google Translate for me. Woo. It's it uh translates roughly to what is it? What is okay? Yeah. Uh, I did it, I did it. Uh, so, like, what is it, or I did it, I guess, depending on the usage here. Okay, I believe I did it is probably I'm seeing that more. Okay, basic uh search here that has no scientific background to it whatsoever. Sure. <laughs> But yeah, so as as Donnie had said, and like, I mean, he's been saying this on Nintendo Shack for a little bit, so I got to give him some credit here that people are just so quick to believe into the hype and jump into rumors and go with the things, you know, everybody does, like present company included, we did, and you know, Nintendo Shack talked about it, but uh, as Devolver Digital let us know in their direct that uh, it's all about the hype and we don't care about the game, and we got trolled hard on this one, so at least as of right now, F-Zero does not appear to be coming back, at least not with this Twitter handle. Well, and we should know better than to think that I mean, this isn't how things get announced like that any, anyway. You think they're really going to l- make a Twitter account before they've released anything? I mean, yes, there are leaks for people who accidentally post on Best Buy, like the, the yeah. listings for things. But other than, I mean, that's through another official channel. If it's posting on Twitter, what does that mean? Pfft, nothing. Right. Not really anyway. So yep. so we got, we got taken for a ride and uh, they showed us their moves. <laughs> And we drank the Falcon Punch, and we liked it. Yeah. What you got? Uh, let's start with the most serious thing first. You know how we were talking about the Army and, and Twitter? Yeah. Uh, or I mean, Twitch. Sorry. Yeah, so apparently uh, this woman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, aims to stop the U.S. military from streaming on Twitch. Um, so the... Uh, representative Alex- Alexandria uh, or Miss o- Ocasio Cortez. I mean, this is a difficult name to say. Yeah. For for it actually not looking that difficult. Just say Ms. Cortez. We're fine. Yeah, Ms. Cortez. Thank you. Sorry, you're getting truncated here. Uh, she intends to file an amendment to the newest House 
appropriations bill that will prevent all branches of the, all branches of the military from using funds to maintain a presence on twitch.com or any video game esports or live streaming platform uh, and basically uh, I won't go through the whole thing but the army has been in trouble from more than just they did a, they tried to do a giveaway that that's uh, led to a recruiting form yep. they been um they're getting it most notably getting in trouble now because when they were doing a live stream everybody flooded their chat with questions about war crimes and stuff to the players who are actually playing video games who i found out are actually soldiers as well so mm -hmm. they're not just getting people who aren't signed up with the military yeah like ninjas not streaming for the for the you know army <laughs> exactly Exactly. So, uh, you know, they're already getting into hot water with uh, deleting these questions and everything and, and the First Amendment free speech and everything. Um, so basically, she wants to go and and stop this before it gets too out of hand anyway. What are your what are your feelings about that? So. I'm actually okay with this. So just to note too, it's not just the army, the Navy and the air force also do the same thing. And they have been banning people for the same thing for, you know, in the chat for asking about war crimes and stuff. Notably the Marines decided declined yep. to do that because they felt like that war is not, they shouldn't make light of the things that they do. And that war is not a game. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like it's different watching a streamer. Like if we watch Ninja play call of duty, it's very different than watching a trained military person do it because I mean, they've potentially lived those experiences as, as horrific as they all are. And, you know, we, we as gamers kind of take that with a grain of salt and what kind of brush aside from that. But honestly, I'm perfectly okay with it because as I said last week, like I didn't know this existed, but this has been in the news nonstop since we talked about it. Uh, Cause you know, we break all the biggest stories and then everybody else jumps on the bandwagon, but the uh, it never made sense to me anyway. Like why, why are funds being like, I didn't realize that. Like I even think about that. Like funds are being allocated for them to do this. Yeah. Why the heck are we paying to have them stream video games? I, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. So I'm, I'm completely fine with this. And I think, you know, we talk about, and we're going to get semi-political here, but the, the socio environment we're in right now, people need to be able to respect others and have role models and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And I think right now in an age where the police are under scrutiny and, and, you know, back in the day it used to be like, Oh, we always, we, we as kids looked up to the police officers and you know, that's not the case. Now things are different. I, I get that. But I think we need to handle and take people that we hold up in these pedestals that we consider to be heroes under a different set of standards. Now, is that right? Is that wrong? I don't know, but I would like to hold them to a higher regard than, well, this dude enlisted in the, the, the army and now instead of actually serving his country, he's serving his country by playing esports. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like that there's no purpose to that. Yeah. I, I feel to me, to me, it feels like, and obviously I have no clue, and I'm halfway joking here, but it seems like some military brass guy who has like a nephew who's really in, big into gaming uh is like, oh, these games are the next level thing for all these kids out there, we better get some sort of presence out there on, on the inner games, the interwebs games and uh, get our voices heard about the U S army. Cause nobody's aware of the U S right. <laughs> it's really weird. Like did somebody's kid enlist and they're like, Oh my God, I don't want him being in, in danger. So let's start an esports team or like, gosh, what was the, the um, Robin Williams movie? Was it toys? 
Oh boy, I haven't seen that in forever. But he had the toy factory, his father did whatever, and him and his sister took it over. But then somebody was trying to buy into it, but it was the army, and they had kids playing these games, but it was actually really piloting ships. Oh, yeah. You know, that sounds familiar. Like I, I think I think it was that movie, or I'm mixing two different movies, but it was something where it was like a toy factory where kids were being playing video games thinking they weren't doing things, but they were actually flying and bombing real things. Um, it just like, is that what we're trying to transition to? Like I mean, they say some of these skills do transfer over. Obviously, you're not shooting people with a mouse, but right. reaction time and reaction time trigger. You think of your scenario, you absorb your surroundings, things of that nature. Like I could see it. And is this a cool way to get people in? And then next thing you know, you're on your way to Afghanistan or something. I don't know. But it just seems if anything, to me, it seems disingenuous. So, yeah, you know what I mean, I, I agree. I agree. But I respect yeah. the army and all right. branches. I'll tell you more than Marines for actually not participating. So (laughs) props to the Marines. Marines continue to be the best. Yep. Absolutely. Semperfy. Is that what they say? Yes. Semperfy. I'm not a Marine. Um, Phil Spencer is talking again. And he's kind of cleared the air a little bit. Uncle Phil here in advance of the the thing. Previously, it was kind of talked about how they wanted game pass to get on as many devices as possible, which led a lot of people to think, even though once again, nothing was ever said that this was happening, <laughs> that game pass would be coming to PlayStation and or Nintendo switch. A lot of people thought switch was more likely than PlayStation. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. So. Right. Not so much. Um, he said, basically it's what? the odds of that happening is extremely low. Um, and I think that was kind of something we all thought would happen because like Ori in the blind forest it showed up on Nintendo switch. Hellblade obviously was a cross platform game and I think it's still going to be, um, so there's different things that Microsoft is doing, but obviously the end game is to, to make money. So the Game Pass model, and this isn't in the article here, it's kind of just more the whole story as Phil said that's not happening right now. We got to think about what Microsoft is doing right now, and they seem to be leaning heavily into this service that they want to provide. Like you buy the box and you subscribe to our service, and, and that's how we make money. It's the Netflix model. It's the you know the Hulu model. That's what we're going to do. Right. And it's been working for them. Like, by all means, we all talk about how great a value it is. You know, I'm on it. You're on it, right? You're selling yeah. Game Pass. So yep. it, everybody signs up for it. And now we're all talking about, like, Series X. It's a no-brainer. Let's just get it and let's go. You never need to buy games, really. And, you know, you can wait for a sale to get something because you'll always have stuff to play. Why would you want them? Like, yes, even though they make money, they're not. If it's on Nintendo Switch or it's on PlayStation, yes, you're giving them money. You're subscribing. But you're not buying into their whole... Um ecosystem platform ecosystem yeah. thank you that was what i was looking for like you're not buying into that so and that's really what they want you to do like yeah they'll take your money on nintendo switch or playstation but they want you to be all in on the big green and be like let's go xbox right. you know wave that banner so well know. and that's what it comes down to is they're uh, a hardware company first really i mean you look at netflix they can afford to make it work on anything really because they are not making a box that says it only runs Netflix. Um, so yeah, they, they, they want to protect that and be able to provide that service via their hardware. And, uh, why would they, I mean, it, it's an awesome thought that's right. for sure, but because of where it's coming from, it would make no sense that they would put that elsewhere at least until they gain a huge foothold where it wouldn't matter if it was anywhere else. But right. with them coming out with a new console, you know, maybe after that two years after, maybe we see it somewhere else besides PC and, and Xbox doubtful, but 
that would make more sense when they're not trying to push consoles. So absolutely. That that's that's a great point. It's like right now they want you to buy their box. So the last thing they're gonna do is say, Well, if Game Pass is really the value that you're like, man, I would love to get an Xbox to get Game Pass, the last thing they're gonna do is put that on a console you already have because then you're not buying the box. Like exactly or you're not buying a new PC, you're not upgrading your computer components, which they would also make money off of, you know, to to play these new games on Game Pass and the top performance on your PC. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So makes sense to me but yeah i think a lot of people are are going to be crying themselves to sleep especially nintendo fans on that one <laughs> i think of that gif of the uh guy i don't remember what movie it's from but he's on the couch on just the couch. like holding the pillow going <laughs> yes yep the guy from uh, blackish i think yeah right? i think so yes yeah. um so i don't know how you feel about star wars squadrons are you... This is this is the upcoming game that's like Rogue Squadron, right? Yeah, basically. basically. Yep. It's it's the next it's the next biggest thing in the Star Wars universe, as it were. Sure. Um, so here's the thing, though. This kind of caught me by surprise. As somebody who's sort of geared up to play it, I would say, Star Wars Squadrons has no plans to add more ships, even B wings, which apparently is like the favorite of the the darling of the internet. Um, EA has no plans to add any new ships to the Star Wars Squadrons roster after launch, even the fan favorite B-Wing. A list of the game's ships leaked ahead of its official reveal event last month, which confirmed that the B-Wing and some other classic ships hadn't made the cut. Uh, As soon as Star Wars Squadrons was revealed, some fans began noting the lack of their favorite ships, like the B-Wing. The iconic ship stands out for its unusual looks, blah, 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 blah. However, as U.S. Gamer reports, it won't be coming to Star Wars Squadrons, according to U.S. Gamer director Ian Frazier told reporters at a press event that EA wants to deliver Star Wars Squadrons as a complete experience with no additions to come after its launch. No plans at this time post-launch, so it's not impossible because they right. used the, the forever ambiguous at this time. We can change our minds whenever we feel like it if we decide we haven't printed enough money. But when's the last time you heard EA say, uh, we're not going to do any DLC or in- indeed microtransactions even in a game? It's true. It's it's a little surprising, although I really think this game is not... I don't think EA is expecting it to do much. I think that's really what it is. Like It's, it's only 40 bucks, which yeah, that in itself is me. weird. Yeah, They have this set amount of ships. Um, but we do know there's, there's lots of unlockables for each of these ships, different hulls, engines, weapons, shields, cosmetics. There's different things in there. So there's still stuff to unlock and play through. It's not like you just hop in. And it's like Mario Kart and you pick one of your 12 carts and you go. It's, you know, the, these ships are yeah. a little more. They're a little more akin to like, I don't want I don't know if this is the right phrasing, but like an Overwatch character where they all have the different perks. There's all things you can lock for each individual ship, like each individual character. Yeah, like like mechs or something like yeah. that, where you're outfitting them with different uh loadouts, I guess. Yeah. So I think I think that's really what it is. I think this is just a sampling of something they're just trying to do to get another Star Wars game out of the license. I mean, this is really what we have kind of been expecting EA to be doing all along. Like we think about they've only made a few star wars games despite having this license for so long yeah like they really have been pumping out but there should be a star wars game every year when you think about it like just put them out i mean essentially this is just what they had in battlefront 2 they pulled it aside and made it a separate thing on its own where it's just the (laughs) ships so i I don't think there was a lot of thought put into this not saying it's not gonna be good not saying it's not gonna be fun it's not gonna be detailed whatever i just don't i think this was like an easy cash grab like somebody was like 
well, people really like flying the ships in Battlefront 2. What if we just took that engine and we just move it over here and we put a game over 40 bucks? And somebody was like, let's go. Let's so see what it does. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's really what it is. So I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that I'm not at the same time because I don't think EA is taking this one very serious as a major investment piece, if you will. It's not a Battlefront. It's not a um, whatever that I can't. I always forget the name of the Star Wars game we just played already. Uh, Fort. No, not Force Unleashed. Uh, right. Uh, uh, forces of uh, Dark Side Past or something. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Um, Everyone knows what I'm talking about. That last yes. Star Wars game we all just played. <laughs> the great uh, one that almost became Game of the Year. <laughs> yes, right. Um, those are the ones that they spent a lot more time and invested in. I think this one's just a quick like, hey, let's put something out. Let's get the Star Wars fans to spend some money because they will. Um, and I think it's going to be fine. I don't think it's going to be great. And who knows if it is, then we expect a sequel. And that's where you're going to see the full shebang and the full price tag and everything else on there, I think. Yeah, I think what would have made sense with this property was for them to go major game like uh, last Star Wars game, hmm? minor game like this major game minor game that makes sense to me Absolutely. they started way too late <laughs> what are you doing but yeah now that you put it that way it does make sense that they would probably just be like let's make this thing it is what it is put it out there until you know while we're churning the next star wars machine yep. out you so. gotta you gotta treat it like pokemon like pokemon game sell you have the you have your base game then in the off years you get like a let's go or a mystery dungeon or pokemon snap you get those ones that are filler in between your big tent pole entries in, in the in the franchises yeah. think about like the star wars movies they have like you have the major movie then we've been having these fillers like solo or uh the force not the force awakens that other one i can't uh, remember the name of that either res, but. Res, uh, star wars resistance of man <laughs> so you're talking about rogue one rogue one rogue one yes so like they, they do those those in those put in between too pokemon does the same thing why not star wars it makes sense marvel should be doing the same thing too and they don't but yet at least but those are all franchises that people will just buy Game doesn't yeah. even have to be good. They will buy it, and you'll be satisfied in most cases to have something. Like the game's not going to be terrible. I don't think that at all. So at least if it's an okay game, people will feel okay playing it and be like, "Oh, I got my Star Wars fixes here." Yeah, exactly. Keeping that mm-hmm. name going so that the momentum is there for the next one. Absolutely. All right, last story I got. We got to talk about it, Lucas. Yes. Doctor Disrespect posted a music video of all things last week on his youtube channel um very weird it's not it wasn't a video apology it wasn't a video of him talking more about the situations going on it was just a music video and in that you just saw doc doc's outline a shadow a silhouette in an alleyway with his uh his car in the background his lamborghini <laughs> that you see in all of his streams um i'd show it off too if i had one not real but it's okay uh, it's green screen but you know it is what it is uh and it just played in the background and, and the lyrics to the song is it's out of my hands but i'm still in control which is leading a lot of people to think between that and we talked about last week he was uh on the offense kind of talking to and did interviews with pc gamer washington post cnn um he's making the round so it certainly doesn't seem like where a lot of people point that he's in deep deep trouble doesn't seem like it with all stuff going on. Like, like if you're gearing up to do something. Right. And typically, if you're in trouble, you'd be quiet and you'd wait it out. But he's talking. Like he's not giving details. He's listening to the lawyers. So I really think what we talked about last week where he might just be a, 
a violation of contract and he plans on countersuing or something like that. I think that's really what it is. I don't think anything big and bad and awful really happened at this point, which I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but more and more clues are pointing into he's not in, in major trouble. It looks like he's maybe making a comeback, um, possibly on YouTube, um, because he's free to go wherever he wants. Uh, he has stated he's not looking at getting a new exclusive deal anywhere. He's kind of just weighing out his options. Mm. Um, so, you know, YouTube, he, he can just go and stream on. His official thing he's still sticking by is that Twitch has not told him why he's banned. But considering he's talking and uh, listening to the lawyers and doing these strange things, I'm once again thinking that's true. Now, Twitch not telling him why he's banned doesn't mean he doesn't know why he's banned. Those are very carefully crafted words. Yeah. So he may 100% know why he's banned, but Twitch has never stated to him, so he's not lying. Right. So we shall see, um, but it doesn't look like anything major again. So he might be coming back. It could be a YouTube, could be Facebook gaming. I mean, who knows at this point, but it seems like he's not going to be staying completely radio silent after being quiet for almost a month before doing those interviews and now a single YouTube video. So I think it's only a matter of time before the doc is back as long as he can be based on whatever is going on. You know, I'm not, I, I, don't follow Dr. Disrespect much at all. I only really know of him because of you. I have no problem with him or right. talking about him or anything. Um, but I think the best thing that came out of this that most I hope everyone could agree on is that with the early speculation of it being something horrible that he had done is that no, I mean, assuming this is true and that nothing happened, right. no tragedy occurred here. And I, I mean, as far as 2020 going along here that's probably the best we can hope for it's right. like something didn't happen and we can be glad for that so uh it, it's all business hopefully yeah. it's all just business and he's just gotta navigate that and and to me as you were talking about this i was thinking with the internet the way that it is now we know about this because we expect it now mm -hmm. but if this were to happen like 10 15 years ago still the internet but not you know still kind of in its infancy or what, how, whatever, however you want to call it. Would we really have known that this much about it? Would they no. really be talking about it? You know, no. it's just and, like we, it's too much information. almost. Right. Right. And and that's the thing with doc too, is like, he's whether you like him or not, which I totally get why some people do not. He is the most well crafted streamer out there because he markets everything. It's a gimmick. It's a thing. It's not like, so to Ninja goes on YouTube, everybody just watches because it's Ninja. He's the biggest streamer. It's a Doc skill. does these yeah. big presences. Like he comes back, he makes announcement trailers. He makes sizzle reels. Like he does all of the stuff that a lot of streamers don't do. So this whole music video with the silhouette, that's very much out of his playbook. I mean, you, you look at, if you get time, Lucas, like after the show, whatever, look up his, announcement video when he if it's still up i'm sure you can find it somewhere where he announced that he was signing exclusive to twitch mm -hmm. he did this whole military like cgi thing where he was in like a spaceship and he like skydived out of it to the <laughs> switch headquarters like it was this whole ridiculous thing with like with real actors that were playing like these he, roles like it's like he wanted to be a movie maker or something exactly or like he, and... he is living this character online so every movie makes is going to be well crafted and i think like you said you know, the first thing people were saying was like, oh, it's some sexual misconduct allegations, blah, blah, blah. But yet nobody has come forward publicly and stated anything. So I think by now, especially a month out, we would have heard something about this by now. So it's a, it's the quick thing that I think the Internet just immediately knee jerk is let's go to the worst case scenario. And he's not in jail. 
He's still able to use computers and electronics. He's not on house arrest. <laughs> no one's come forward and claimed anything. So I, I don't think it's anything that people were speculating before. But yeah, we'll see. We'll I know see. every step he takes, every move he makes. We'll be watching him. We will be watching him. Yes, we will. Uh, so I got some sad news for everybody. No. You especially, Kevin. No. I, I don't know if this will affect you at all, but I like to pretend that it will. Halo ends friendship, friendship with uh, Mountain Dew Game Fuel. Oh, makes, God. Okay. Yeah. Makes Monster Energy new best friend. There's a new kid on the block. Yeah, I know. It's really slumming in, isn't it? It's like Mountain Dew is, whether you hate it or love it, it has been, uh, I would assume, globally... Um, accepted as a top tier sodi pop right manufacturer right yeah. or brand um monster energy though i don't know like if it's kind of like monster is kind of like the deep dark side of the <laughs> energy <laughs> drink you know like i feel like no offense but i feel like bros kind of drink it or you know yeah, it's, it's very much dominant of yeah it's in like the the motocross events like a lot like they sponsor that but it, it wasn't death stranding like you drank Monster Energy. Okay, so they're um, classing so, it up a little bit. Yeah, it's made appearances for sure, but gosh darn it, regardless of the Halo involvement, Gamer Fuel is good. The Orange Mountain Dew, that was good stuff. I, like, I don't think I've ever had it. Oh, it was good. Well, see, and that's the thing is like, for me, Mountain Dew uh, has always been synonymous with Call of Duty, I feel like, um, because don't they have a, a partnership? I think it's in here <laughs> somewhere. Uh, Maybe. Oh, yeah, though, the writer of the article, though, I have to point out that oh, yeah, Mountain Dew yeah. has really only had eyes for Call of Duty in recent years. So maybe more recent. But I was going to say, I swear, Doritos and Mountain Dew have been like Call of Doritos Duty for sure. Up. I remember that. And, and but Mountain Dew also had um, Warcraft a few years ago. They had like two different flavors. Oh, if yeah, you vote on your favorite right. one. That's one that stuck or whatever. But yeah, I remember they. So I mean, Mountain Dew has kind of been in and out of different games for a while, I guess they're, they're all over the place, man. They've been around the block. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're dropping Mountain Dew. It's like, okay, you're, you're getting in with too many, too many <laughs> people, properties. We, we can't here. be slumming it here. We're call of duty and Warcraft. What's wrong with you? We're halo. We're single handedly holding up Microsoft in the Xbox. Come on. Or are they just going with the green because the monster energy is just the green, <laughs> I hope that that's neon green and, and black logo. It just fits halo and Xbox. <laughs> It's like somebody at Xbox was like, hey, we need a green soda pop to tie in Halo with. Let's see. We've got Mountain Dew, Mellow Yellow, Squirt. <laughs> squirt. And that's it. <laughs> what are you going to what are you going to what are you going to pick? It's definitely not going to be Squirt. No. Gosh, could you imagine if Squirt partnered with anything? <laughs> you can't even get Squirt in this area. Like Mellow Yellow is even hard to get around here. Like we don't have what? it. It's Mellow Yellow is a little more common, but it's not like everywhere now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Mellow yellow isn't really that common here. And squirt. But, I think I've only seen down South to be honest. Like I haven't seen, I haven't seen it anywhere. We else. have it in Michigan. It's like over with the seven up and stuff like, yeah, you have to oh, go down. You ever it's find like an it? A&W root beer seven up and yeah, squirt. exactly. There's that weird, like they always kind of fight. It's like, depending on yeah. what, what uh story you go into it, it either starts with Coke or Pepsi yep. and it's all your usuals. And then at the very end, it's like local, weird classics that everybody like right next to the fago and then yeah exactly right next to the fago and then you got the seven up and the eight different ginger ales so (laughs) there you have it 
Sorry. Uh, 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 I, I wonder to an end. I wonder. So monster, I, I partake in one every once in a while. I'll admit that. Um, because I like them better than Red Bull. So I just do. I don't know why. I do too, actually. I just feel because like <laughs> Red Bull, like you spend just as much for this tiny can that you can pound in one shot. But Monster is bigger. It takes you longer to drink it. But it's the same price. Yeah. But see, that's why I don't like it. Because I, I it's it gives me like bubble belly. It just makes me uh, feel like right. just full of sloshy energy drink. Um, that's fair. But they're making know, a ton of flavors. Now, so I'm wondering, like, is there a Halo flavor or is it just Halo branded cans? It better be a Halo flavor because otherwise you're just not even trying at that point. Right. And this this picture of the can only shows the back. So like you don't even know. It needs to be like Covenant juice or something. I don't know. <laughs> like juice. It's like purple. <laughs> oh, God. Hold on. Actually, let me read here. So the Monster Energy can promises two times XP and Halo Infinite, which must be renewing by December 31st. So, hey, everyone, just like I said before, it's going to be just like Destiny. Um, yeah. Anybody's a special Halo monster will likely have to wait a few months to use it. Unless it's a surprise infinite multiplayer beta around the corner, which that could be. Um, yeah, it doesn't say if it's... They don't seem to have like, any details whether it, or not it's it, an exclusive it flavor. Not. It must not be because otherwise, you know, they would say something about it. They're not even trying it at this point. By the way, I lied. Uh, okay, I have to apologize. It's definitely not. Monster is not the slumming it of of um, energy drinks because I forgot about like Rockstar oh, and Nas. Yeah. So there's definitely a, a, a ladder of fair enough. Uh, yeah, drinks. So yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's it's up there. It's like mid tier. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. That's true. Right, we've talked we've, for food. I know, right? We've we've talked so long, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drag things out here. Um, sure. So thank you everybody for listening. We do appreciate it. Um, of course, this show wouldn't happen without our Patreon supporters over at Patreon.com/slash/bsvg. But especially thank you to Edwin Callow, Barry Cathcart, Josh the Bone Boni, Dev Tyus, Chris McElfresh, Kyle Heyman, Paul Calico, Mike Messick, Zach Bradshaw, and once again, Sir Nicholas Fahaba. Beautiful. That's that's his new name. Um, Lucas, where can people find you online, sir? Uh, I'm often on the Discord, heavy metal underscore riff, and I get up and get down on the Twitters at heavy metal underscore riff. Got to gotta get up to get down? That's probably the, the quickest, most succinct way I've ever said that. That's true. That's I true. respect you, our people's time. You can also find him on Fluxtapose, by the way. He's being humble. <sighs> Maybe. I, was try- I said I was trying to be fast. That's I true. had to cut something, and that was worth cutting. <laughs> I'm kidding, Jason. I'm kidding. I love wow. you. Smooches to my boy. Oh, boy. Um, you can find me at PSVG Kevin on all the things. Head over to the website, psvg.blog, B-L-O-G, to find links to all the great stuff, including that Discord that Lucas just talked about, because things are hopping over there. We're talking all day, every day, not doing our work and ignoring our families and wives. So come join us and have some fun with that big announcement now so the thing we were teasing earlier is next week as long as schedules still continue to line up and the reason i saved your questions Haley and garrett is because food network star and master of the marvel culinary universe justin warner will be joining us live Uh-oh. next week now Uh-oh. lucas you didn't, you didn't get to meet him last time right something happened you couldn't make it right uh i couldn't make it and i was supposed to game with him one time and it just never really it fizzled out so i think it's like overwatch or something so yeah you'll you'll get to meet him barring any any incidents we're we're good to go next week so uh we will be asking you all for some questions stuff like that he's gonna be on we're gonna kind of do the same show we do now uh, but do a little bit of talking about his new uh marvel releases product line and all sorts of that fun stuff next week cool. so stay tuned for that everybody 
But as always, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for telling a friend. But most importantly, as always, we ask that you never stop drinking squirt cola soda. I don't know what you call that. This has been a PSVG production. Any music, sound effects, or the like is owned by their respective copyright holders. No infringement is intended. The views expressed in this production are those of the individual contributor and may not necessarily reflect PSVG. This production may not be repurposed, reused, or redistributed without the express written consent of PSVG. PSVG is powered by patrons at patreon.com PSVG. Become a patron to get special perks, including access to exclusive content.